Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world today. This is David Robert for the Marketplace of Ideas podcast. Hope you're doing well out there. Today is May the 6th, I believe. I hope it's May the 6th. Is it May the 6th? My goodness. Time is flying by. Ta-da. Yes, it is May the 6th. Hope you're having a great day. It's a Friday, so for those of you who are looking forward to the weekend, hopefully you have a good time with family and friends. It is Mother's Day, and hopefully people are able to get out there and spend time with your mothers. If you are somebody who maybe doesn't have a mom, or has lost a mother, or you know, um, just wants to be a mom, any by any any means, you should you should definitely uh, get out there, celebrate, pay your respects as it were, and um, yeah, and reach out to people who, uh, who you care about and, uh, and enjoy the day. So, um, for this weekend anyways, you know, I hear brunch is a pretty, pretty, pretty cool thing that a lot of moms like, so uh, hey, you know, knock yourself out. Um, so today, we're going to be chatting about something really interesting, which is kind of cool because actually as we are recording this episode, I'm... I'm doing said activity, so trying to kill two birds with one stone, but it is the meditative and calming effects of video games. And not just video games, but video games in response to how we as a nation and as a community have been dealing with the pandemic, dealing with um, greater rates of uh, mental illness, anxiety, um, anxiousness, ADHD, all the whole the whole gamut, and so while uh, while I was um, so basically gonna give you a little uh, I guess you could say a little uh, little starter as to why I'm talking about this. Um, over the last couple of years, the pandemic has caused ripples of insanity. We have seen in the last two years, I mean, race riots. We've seen uh, political dis you know just dissidents. We've seen hatred on all sides of the aisle. We've seen arguments when it comes to um, race and politics. We have a, I mean, right now there is a, uh, a war raging in Ukraine. There's been a lot of uncertainty, a lot of, just a lot of, a lot of shit, pardon my language, if you would, heading out there. And people have been looking for ways to kind of deal with said said shit, um, with, with the issues that have been plaguing our society as of late. And one of the things, one of the, the places that people have turned to have been, um, you know, television, social media, any sort of escapism, and that, that escapism has taken the form for a lot of people with video games. Um, over the last couple of years, video games have been so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They've been such in demand, particularly the retro games. So from Nintendo to NES to Sega, if you are a retro gamer or a retro game collector, then you'll definitely know what I'm talking about. Um, what we've what we've seen over the last little bit is a an attitude to move away from the, what's been bothering us, particularly within the last two years. We've seen so much change and so much upheaval to our normal lives. If you think about it from... Christmas, New Year's Eve of 2020 to now, we've seen so much pain and suffering that it it almost begs the question, how are people dealing with it? And some people have taken to, um, you know, uh, alcohol, 
drinking, um, drug use, you know, um, spousal abuse has uh, has risen, um, overdoses and things of that nature. And so people have been looking for constructive as well as helpful ways to deal with with this um, with this pain, you know, with these with this turmoil. And no better way to do so than with, dare I say, video games. Now, to be completely clear, I remember growing up, my parents would tell me that video games were a nuisance, they were no good, there was nothing good towards them, they had no inherent value to society, and you were just wasting time. Like That was just the bottom line. But as, as you've gotten older and you start to realize that various forms of escapism can definitely help with dealing with anxiety and having you focusing on just something completely other than what you're going through right now, video games are almost as meditative as actual meditation. So in the Oxford student, uh, www.oxfordstudent.com.ca, there was an article written in November, on November 7th, 2020, that stated, can gaming act as meditation? So um, it starts off by stating, video games by definition are escapism taking the player into new worlds and allowing them to abandon their frustrations and anxieties. This escapism, or escapist factor, has led to scientific reports suggesting that video games can attain the same psychological benefits as meditation. And so in checking out this article earlier this morning, it was written by Will Neal. So if you go to the Oxford student, um, definitely check out the article. It's a very long one. It's not actually, it's not too long. It's probably about a five to 10 minute read, but it goes on to state that with cult cultural norms being ripped down and environment being destroyed, the gift of cultivating one's own world has never been greater. So if you have games such as Animal Crossing, you have games such as Minecraft, uh, you have various other sh like, you know, single shooter games, racing games. Uh, I'm particularly love the Super Mario Brothers series as well as most of the fighting games and some of the sports games it allows you to escape into a world in which you have control and increasingly in a, in a timeline and definitely within a space where i mean let's be honest if you are you know working within the confines of today's you know society you may not have total control over your time you may not have total control over your money. I mean, let's, let's face it. Look, look at it like this. You finish school and you're, you might want to get married. And so to finish school, you had to take on some debt. So you're already starting behind the eight ball. You get married. You want to, you know, you bring whatever debt that person has in with you. After that, you want to get a house. Well, most people may not be able to afford a house cash unless you're the mafia. Um, and in that case, then, hey, you know, good, good one on you, you know, <laughs> like... But if you don't have the, the money for that, you're gonna go into debt for it. And so that's even more debt. So now you got your student loan debt as well as your home debt. Cool, so now you're gonna need a vehicle because for the most part, people, you know, um, depending on where you live, if you don't live in a urban uh, area with urban sprawl, then it's going to be a little bit difficult to um, get, you know, find your way around. So you might need a newer vehicle and so you might be paying debt on that. On top of all of this, you might also have, you know, you might want to also have children. Um, you might want to get married. And so it's just debt upon debt upon debt upon debt. Now, the reason I bring this up is because the majority of people that have debt, you know, need to pay it off and they'll work at various jobs to do so. 
Now, all of this combined with, you know, the stresses of work, family, trying to keep your, yourself healthy, as well as the health and well-being of your loved ones, can definitely have us longing for a simpler time. You know, definitely a time where we didn't have as much responsibility, where we were able to just kind of relax, you know, just be full of vim and vigor and go out there and, you know, go do whatever we want. You have nobody waiting for you at home. You can, you know, wake up late. You can go to bed late. All you had to worry about was really just your job, you know, and that that's a very... That's the word I'm looking for. A very attractive notion for people out there, you know. And so we find ways to escape our our responsibility with, I mean, with video games, with drinking, with sports games, with hockey, with basketball, with fishing, with any sorts of hobbies, with stitching, with crocheting, with with any of those things. And so video games happens to be one of those things that that so many people have been able to. Um, to kind of move towards and find a place to escape. And so when you're able to get rid of your anxiety, your worries, and your fears and put those to the side, it creates this sort of sense of calm and peace that you're not being able to find out there, all right? Um, so one of the parts of the article that I found really, uh, really neat was, let me just see here where it says the representation of video games throughout mainstream Western media, particularly conservative outlets, um, has long been negative. Simply Googling Fox News and video games reveals numerous articles connecting video games to mental health hazards for children with columns establishing tenuous links between violent first-person shooters and tragic school shootings. This negative representation extends to the so-called new media with video games where video games are addictive and serve no purpose. You do them, and they're really exciting, but you don't get anywhere, uh, Ronan claimed in July to get great uproar. Um, his essential point is true. Video games lack a tangible purpose. But Rogan's perspective is basically... I'm sorry, this was Joe Rogan basically saying this. Uh, but Joe Rogan's perspective is basic. You may not get anywhere by playing a video game, but that's the point. Video games, by definition, are escapism. So they take the player into a new world and allow them to abandon their frustrations and anxieties. This escapist factor has led to scientific reports suggesting video games can attain the same physiological and psychological benefits as meditation. Author and psychologist Daniel Golem studied the mental benefits of video games and wrote that the repetitive nature of gaming attunes the gamer to the rhythm of their breathing to, by strengthening their contractions and providing a calm focus. Far from the stereotype of video games eliminating attention span and promoting abusive behavior, the satisfaction of repetitive gameplay, according to Goldman, encourages mindfulness. So, when I was a kid coming up, I remember hearing that there was so many, um, you know, just dastardly benefits to having have playing video games that there was no tangible way that you could ever make a living off of it that it was stupid and foolish that the colors and the bright lights would cause you know problems with your eyesight and there was just no it, it was kind of like the leftover remnants of of the satanic panic from back in the day you know where people were so enamored by by technology and stating that it would ruin ruin the world it would destroy people's lives we would have you know um, fighting and looting in the streets 
you know, um, um, just just cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria, you know, just just insanity. And that just did not happen to be the case. Now, definitely with certain aspects of media and and activities out there, you can like you can you can definitely find people who, after one drink, if you're talking about alcohol, they could just completely lose it. And one drink is never enough, you know. Or they can get to a place where they're like, oh my gosh, um, one one game of gin rummy or blackjack is never enough. Like just they have to keep going and keep going until until they got nothing, right? And and one of the things that you you, you realize as you get older is that everybody that that could definitely be the case for a lot of people out there but that doesn't have to be the case for you so when you're playing your video games and you are focused on what you're doing and your your breathing is is steady and you're trying to get you know the mushroom or save princess peach or whatever the case is you're finding a way to get in tune with yourself and so the writer of this article and also the researcher that he was that he was following definitely has some really awesome points that repetitiveness that attitude of just having a goal setting out to do something that you want to complete is pretty pretty awesome you know I'm not gonna lie and so now definitely with every everything out there there are there are detrimental aspects of video games I've had um, friends and various family members that have found themselves on the end of addiction and have have almost you know left friend and family and were not able to complete jobs got fired had relationships you know kind of get ruined all because of the fact that they just could not for the life of them like put down the video game they just could not do it and i feel there there is a definite um i don't want to say unwritten sort of rule but definitely a feeling of this definitely can be addicting you know the bright colors the sounds all of that kind of stuff can definitely um, lead people to a place where they they want to leave reality for good and I don't mean like you know kill themselves or anything like that but just this attitude of yeah you know it it is tempting to um, to have nothing but you know um, nothing but um, just being stimula- simulated all day long and having no worries and no problems and no issues. And if we're going to be honest, that's not realistic. That's not a thing. Like you just can't live in a world that is designed 24, 24 hours a day, 365 for your pleasure and for your enjoyment and for your entertainment. At some point in time, you know, you got to put out the garbage, right? You've got to, um, you got to, you got to pay your taxes, Right, you got to mow the lawn. You have to brush your teeth. All that, you know, all that stuff that adults have to do. And but I don't think there's anything wrong with having some form of escapism after your day. After a long day, you've been able to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the game. I'm gonna watch a little bit. I'm gonna check out this special on YouTube or whatever the case is. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna play this puzzle." you know, or I'm going to um, do this crossword puzzle or whatever. It's it's a form of repetitive nature, that form of focus, that form of staying on a task and completing a goal that's so integral to what we are bombarded with on a daily basis. Think about what your daily activities are when you are out in the workforce or wherever you are. You have emails, you might have conference meetings, you might have Zoom calls, you might have... Um, 
you know, appointments that you have to make. And to have something where you are, you know what the task is at hand, right? It's a different adventure. It's something new. It's something unique. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. And particularly if within certain aspects of the community, um, as far as the video gaming community, there's a lot of, um, a lot of camaraderie, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of aspects to collecting where you find people with the shared interest, you know, you find people with, who are like, oh man, you know, like I, I love this game or I remember playing this as a child and how cool it was and how different it was. And, and especially when you come back to these gaming systems as, as an adult, because now you've been, you know, you've been out in the workforce and you have some experience under your belt. And so it's this really great feeling of coming home almost. That's what I've found since I've gotten back into gaming myself and gotten back into sort of, you know, like playing these games and, and having fun. And it's, it's this great, almost, almost harmless way to kind of enjoy your childhood without, without having to, that's what I'm looking for, without having to need to see a shrink or something like that, you know, it's just this fun, kind of enjoyable aspect of, of entertainment that you're able to take on and yeah, just just dive into it. But I think I think one of the the interesting aspects to the video gaming industry, although there are some drawbacks, there are some some things that can cause um, you know some problems within within the space. Um, one is for online gaming in particular. If you follow such sites like Twitch and things of that nature, there is definitely a inherent definitely boys boys club where the majority of gamers um, tend to be guys even though there's a lot more girls into it now but you definitely see a lot of sexism when you come into that space if you do any online stuff with twitch and and the streaming services and things things of that nature so you'll have issues where you know popular um, video gaming personalities will tell you that once they hop into the chat online there is this almost this feeling of okay things are about to get sexist here you know or, or comments um, that are made in a you know just a sexual aggressive manner to women that have to deal with this stuff where guys just don't you know so there's a lot that needs to be improved definitely within the culture um you know there's i mean definitely i remember growing up um for what what were known as lane parties i guess or land parties where guys would guys and girls but particularly mostly guys would meet with their computers and they would set up their, you know, their, um, their, their, um, I guess you could say their, yeah, their stuff and just play for hours and hours. And, you know, you get to a place where like, is this, is this healthy? You know, I, I think that's where we always want to kind of like juxtapose it where our, our what, what you're doing, is it still fun? You know, is it still enjoyable? Because for a lot of people, Video games bring back that feeling of just just childhood fun and not having to worry about about life and you could just just be at ease and at peace, you know. But before we go, I just wanted to touch on uh, there was another article that I saw that was talking about the um, just the sexism and the danger within video the video gaming community. Let me see here. 
sexism. So um, sexism in video games is prejudiced behavior or discrimination based on sex or gender as experienced by people who play and create video games, primarily women. So let me just see here. People have said for years that video games are sexist, that when did sexism in video games start, and how are females portrayed in video games? So all, what always comes to mind is definitely, um, oh my goodness, uh, Laura Croft and Tomb Raider and how she was portrayed when you first saw her come out in Tomb Raider 1. Her breasts were insanely um, large. They were, they almost looked like flotation device, devices on her chest. And so she was um, part of the uh, PlayStation system from back in the day. I believe that was the first iteration of the character. They've had two movies, one with Angelina Jolie, and then the other with, let me just see. Uh, there was one in the 90s and one in 2013. And so both of um, these characters were brought to the big screen and, it, you know, the movies weren't great, but they weren't bad either, right? And so it was Alicia Vikander was Laura Croft in the newer Tomb Raider back in 2013. Very, very beautiful young woman. And so these characters were brought to life, but they did so without the large... Well, actually, no, Angelina Jolie did wear, I think, some sort of prosthetic or some sort of fake, um, you know... Uh, stuffed bra or whatever and then the other one um, actually did not but they more focused on her athleticism and her ability to survive much you know outside of you know her large endowment but people have said for years that the video gaming industry is definitely one that is male dominated and that in video game magazines over 80% of the female characters are portrayed according to three types sexualized scantily clad or vision of beauty and over a quarter fit in all three categories so that's a large proportion of how women see themselves, in particular within the video games that are played through for millions of people worldwide. And one of the problems is that when women are seen in this light, right? When you're seen this way on you know screens upon millions and millions of, of games and 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 and, uh, and systems across the world, you can't help but have to fight off that interpretation of. This is not who who women. This is not what women are actually, um, on average, look like, or behave like, or dress like, or act like. You know, this commodification of women's bodies, in particular within this the genre, is something that, for you know, many a years, people have fought against and said, look, even though video games can be this meditative, very peaceful, very fun activity, if the women on these on these channels and on these um, systems and things of that nature look the way they do and act the way they do in a manner that only subjectifies them I'm sorry if that's even a word um, you know places them in this in this this place that's not even realistic it's not moving forward it's moving backwards and you know it, it might come off as social justice or or kind of you know, the, the Mary Sue or whatever, you know, just the person who's like, hey, come on, like, it's just a video game, get over it. But these things have far-reaching consequences. So even though while they can be very relaxing and peaceful, we definitely do have to be mindful of how we, I guess we perceive them and what what that means for people who really love this, uh, this genre of, of entertainment. 
you know? Uh, so the article I saw here that I just wanted to, to quickly read talked about, um, let me see here, it says, um, struggles to shake sexist attitudes from the video game industry. So, degenerating portrayals of women are common in popular titles, but a hit Sony game offers a glimmer of hope that things are changing. So the video game business has a long and troubled history of sexism and gender stereotypes. This was written by Take Him, uh, 27th of December, 2021. And so a round of scandals at multiple gaming companies offered a sad reminder that the industry has a lot more to do to fix its culture and eventually repair its reputation. But the situation isn't hopeless. As a hit release from Sony shows, there's a big market for games that portray women as smart and resourceful actors rather than as pawns, victims, and objects of male desire. An incident at a, con uh, at a conference about a decade ago has become the poster child for the industry's cultural issues. I love the fact you have a lot of very strong female characters, a woman said to an all-male panel of developers from Activision Blizzard Inc., makers of mega-hits World of Warcraft and Call of Duty. However, I was wondering if we can have some that don't look like they stepped out of a Victoria's Secret catalog. A smatter of applause was quickly drowned out by a seed of booze. Instead of defending her, the developers ridiculed her suggestion. Despite an outcry at the time, the industry continued to struggle with hostile attitudes towards men. Uh, towards women, sorry. Did I read that right? <laughs> After Microsoft Corp hosted, co hosted a party five years ago with scantily clad female dancers on platforms, Head of Xbox Phil Spencer was forced to apologize. More recently, League of Legends maker Riot Games Inc. has been sued for gender discrimination. While Ubisoft Entertainment and Activision Blizzard Inc. have let go several executives amid allegations of widespread sexual harassment. harassment. Yet, amid these painful episodes, there are also signs of progress. In particular, Sony Group uh, Co Corp uh, 2017 blockbuster release Horizon Zero Dawn shows that there is a huge market for games that don't um, degenerate women. Zero Dawn's main protagonist is a female character who doesn't look like a supermodel, set in a post-apocalyptic time frame in the future. The character, named Alloy, battles robotic dinosaurs and aims to stop a rogue artificial intelligence system from destroying life on Earth. The game's developers said they wanted to create a believable and inspirational hero for everyone, and it worked. Players love the character and the game's engrossing narrative and production values. Horizon went on to become one of Sony's most popular games with more than 10 million units sold. The sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, is poised to be one of the biggest releases of 2022. After it launches in February, if successful, it should encourage other publishers to move beyond superficial female appearances and focus on better storytelling and game quality. The positive response to the title among female gamers in the industry web on inst industry websites and social media suggests it might help bring more female gamers to console games as well. Characters like Alloy remain too rare among mainstream games. As a video game enthusiast, I find it uncomfortable playing leading titles like Tomb Raider, um, Genshin Impact, or Bayonet, all of which feature female characters in skimpy outfits. But for now, gamers are struck either with watching sexist depictions of women, or avoiding many of the game's world's top, or avoiding many of the game's world top franchises. Of course, plenty of best-selling video games don't rely on cringe-inducing portrayals, but familiar gender tropes of the damsel in distress and the use of overly sexualized characters turn up far too often. 
One obvious path forward towards reform would be to improve diversity among those who create games for deep-pocketed developers. Earlier this month, Activision, so this was back in December of last year, but earlier, um, earlier this year, da -da -da, sorry, uh, Activision released a report showing that only about one quarter of its employees were female. A share, it said, was familiar to the industry peers. A prior study found that women are even more underrepresented in executive roles in the industry. It's hard to imagine that some of the worst game design decisions wouldn't have been, would have been avoided if there were more female voices participating in the process. Reeling from its own scandal, Activision says it will do better and hire significantly more women within the five-year time span. The treatment of women in video games, both behind the scenes and as characters within them, is nothing short of scandalous. Hopefully, the latest rounds of outrage, as well as the example of, of Sony's Horizon title, will spur publishers to change their culture. It's well past time that they did. So that's, a, that's just a little look at, uh, at video games in particular here. Uh, we're probably going to have another episode on this because this is a, a kind of like a a really good topic. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of video games as far as relaxation and entertainment and just to get away from things, but also the culture within it is so diverse and so, and so rich. I mean, if you are my age or younger, you definitely have had instances where you've, you know, just gone to a party or, you know, somebody's got a video, uh, video game console set up there, or particularly now with everybody living their lives, working or finding entertainment on social media and the internet, it's almost a, it's almost a no-brainer that uh, companies would take advantage of the fact that our eyes are now glued to more screens more than ever before. So yeah, this was a really cool thing to kind of look into. We're going to have some more discussions on this in further episodes but yeah hopefully if you found value to this just um you know hit the old um subscribe button in itunes or what have you and look for us for more content out there so until next time take care be good to one another out there